Welcome to the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Callan Elslager, joined as always by Mario Adamo Jr. and Brian Hartman. The boys are back. The three of us are back together for one final show for the 2023 season. We made it, boys. We made it to the NFL playoffs. The fantasy football season's over. But just, just to make sure we're all on the same page here, I did take home one of my fantasy football championships. Mario, Brian, did you guys get any, uh, any championships this year? I feel like I did. Did you guys hear the news? Arthur Smith. He's gone. He's gone. (laughs) I did not want to chip this year. First time in a while, but I am happier than I have been in a while. Mario, what about you? Uh, So home leagues, we fell short. We, we got, came in third place in our most important home league. So we podiumed, but you know, again, did fall short, but I do need to give a certain shout out because I was in three QB list leagues this year. Last year, I was just the one I missed the playoffs. Um, so didn't do so hot. This year, I'm in three leagues. I'm going to give a little breakdown. We got a guillotine league, 18 teams, the lowest team each week. You know, you get dropped. Came up on top in that one after taking Jonathan Taylor in, you know, the third round, but it paid off. Uh, we had a Grand Theft Auto League, Grand Theft League, where you're, you know, you're stealing players every week. Came out on top in that one. We're two for two. And then lastly, we had a traditional, you know, just regular PPR, nothing flashy, 12-teamer. Came out on top of that one. So three for three in QB list leagues. So came up short in the home league, but we clean sweep QB list. So we'll take that. Handing out trophies already. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. And that was my speech, too. So that's all I had to yeah. end. But. <laughs> I took I took my work league home QB list leagues. We don't really talk about it. I didn't make the playoffs in my staff league and probably going to get relegated to another uh, league oh. going into next season so not my best year for fantasy but hopefully we were able to get you some titles be sure to hit us up on twitter or on discord if the cubulus staff helped you take home the fantasy football championship but for the first time all year we're not talking fantasy football at least toward the beginning of the show we're doing the <laughs> season's over it's not too much more to break down obviously there's a lot of news stay tuned to cubulus.com and the discord and twitter for all the latest news of the firing such as arthur smith and other head coaches which like Brian said, is like winning a championship all in its own. But today we are going to break down the NFL playoffs briefly, give our predictions just to preview what's to come. We have some similar calls, but at least we all have a little bit of different Super Bowl matchup. So excited to see what we have coming there. And then you heard from the intro music. It is time for the QB list fantasy football award show. We've got a bunch of categories voted on by you, the listeners, the QB list staff, the QB list uh, discord members. So we're going to break it down all the ups, the downs of the 2023 season, where we went right, where we went wrong, and just vent together because that's what the end of this season is for. So let's get to the playoff preview. We're going to start off with the divisional round where uh, Mario, did your, your team make the playoffs, right? My team did make the playoffs. My team clinched it nice and early. We were 10 and one at one point. Jalen Hurts was an MVP favorite, I'd say, dare I say. We had just beaten the Chiefs. We had just survived an OT thriller against the Bills. And then, you know, one of those teams that in the Bills-Eagles matchups, one of those teams won their division and the other snuck in as a wild card. And the Bills, the Bills are the one that won their division. The Eagles are sneaking in as a wild card. So we made it. We're here. We're happy to be here. That's the mentality we have this year. Yeah, and I'm happy to be here because Steelers have no business being in here. We're gonna yes, congratulations. First round, but hey, we got the seventh seed, Mason Rudolph, all that we expected. And uh, the Indianapolis oh Colts, God. well, they were one fourth down drop by their third string running back away from possibly taking home a division title. So, sorry, Brian. 
I've already moved past it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, except now I'm, I'm like boiling just thinking about it. But yes, my boys <laughs> couldn't come up with the win. Houston's taking, like, the fact that not only they could have made the playoffs, but they would have made the division leader home playoff game. But it's okay. The Colts get a top 15 pick. Lots of quarterbacks yeah. in this draft, so we're going to have something good fall our way. I'm loving it. Are we moving on from Richardson already? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, quarterbacks are going to keep some of those higher other players okay. falling. Okay. You know? Yeah. Give me a nice uh, cornerback falling check. down my way. Yeah. yeah. Minshew Mania. I mean, come on. Got to keep that going. <laughs> like I said, we're going to break down the first round. We'll start off in the AFC. And we'll just run through the first couple matchups because I think it's pretty consensus. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the seventh seed, travel to Buffalo to take on the number two seed, Buffalo Bills. I don't think any of us are going crazy here. I think we're all taking Buffalo. Yeah. Taking them. As don't much as I'd like it. to see Pittsburgh win, they'll probably keep it closer. I might take them plus 10 and a half, but yeah, Pittsburgh's going to take that one. Next one's going to be very interesting. It's the first playoff matchup of the entire postseason. The five seed Cleveland Browns travel to Houston, take on the Houston Texans. The Browns are currently a one and a half point favorite on the road. Does the rookie do it? Does CJ Stroud take home a first round win? I think it's completely plausible, but I'm going with Cleveland on this one. Yeah, this one I'm just, it's Flacco magic. It's the playoffs. That's just still burned into my brain is that Joe Flacco is elite. So at least in the first round against the rookie, rookie head coach too, or, you know, first time head coach. So I like the experience over in Cleveland. Yeah, I'm going to take Cleveland as well, as much as I would like to see, just like we all predicted, a playoff matchup in the 2023 NFL season is going to be CJ Stroud versus Joe Flacco. Yep, <laughs> that's football for you. So I'm taking the Browns too. I'll trust the veteran Flacco, the better defense against Houston, but lots of good things to come for the Houston Texans, that's for sure. And the final matchup we know for the first round of the AFC, it's the six seed Miami Dolphins who could not pull off their big lead in the AFC East. They go on the road to travel to Kansas City on Peacock with the Chiefs, I believe, a three and a half point favorite. This one's going to be exciting. This one's going to be exciting. I'm going to take the Chiefs personally. I'm going to trust uh, Patrick Mahomes and offense to get it right. Dolphins, they haven't been able to beat those winning teams, and that's going to be a big difference maker. I'll trust, I'll trust Mahomes when it comes to playoff time. Yeah, I did see Miami. Fun stats that the New England Patriots have more wins too. Uh, against teams over 500 than the Dolphins do, which they have won, of course. Um, but I was the contrarian here. I went Miami. I think that they're going to – my impression is that Waddle's going to be back next week, and I think that this offense is really just – you need the two fast guys. And it's not – it's you know they're not reinventing the wheel. They're just faster than you. We've seen the Kansas City offense just not quite be there this year. I think this might be the year that, oh, my gosh, Patrick Mahomes gets bounced in the wild card. I hate your logic. It's not yeah. fun because my mind tells me Miami, but my heart tells me Kansas City. Uh, I'm going to follow my heart here because I, you know, I'm a Colts fan. I love to get crushed in the playoffs, so uh, I'm going with Patty and company. It's going to be very exciting. Very exciting. I think that's probably the most competitive of the three games. Although the Browns Texans game is competitive, but this one's been most exciting. Very close, yeah. high powered offenses. I'm going to be most looking forward to watch that game at least in the. AFC go to the NFC where we'll start off in Dallas where same thing Dallas Cowboys will host the seven seed Green Bay Packers we're very seven and a half point favorite I don't think we're reinventing the wheel here pretty sure we're all taking Dallas taking Dallas Dallas at home 
they look good. Jordan Love, great season. There's lots of bright things to come for Green Bay, but you're running into a, jug, a juggernaut right now with Dallas. So that's a pretty easy one. I bet we get a controversial catch, though. We can always expect yes. those from these matchups in the playoffs. Oh, <laughs> oh my absolutely. gosh. Definitely. Absolutely. And Mike McCarthy, revenge game. We got to mention. Yes, this is true. Got to enjoy that. Can't say the same for next revenge. Like, we'll go to the next revenge game since we're talking about it, where the. You could have scripted this any better. The Los Angeles Rams traveled to Detroit for the first playoff game in the history of Ford Field. Whew. This is going to be maybe the best game of the whole week. I'm extremely excited to see the Stafford versus Goff matchup. These two are traded for each other. It's going to be incredible. Where do you guys have this one going? Listen, Stafford built this house. I think Stafford dominates in this house. And I don't know what it is. I don't they, you know, Lions lost Sam Laporta. It looks like he's going to at least miss a few weeks. So he's one of their most explosive playmakers, you know, big fantasy star. And I just don't know. It's just like the Lions, they're the three seed. They've won, what, 12, 12 games this year? Like, this is so impressive. We should be giving them their flowers. Mm, but I don't know. Sean McVay, and I'm just believing in him. And maybe I'm crazy to do so. But I like the the shocker here. Yeah, same. I, I You can't write a better narrative for playoffs when it comes to this Detroit Rams matchup, but uh, I'm going to go with this the the experience of this Rams team uh, in L.A. win. I trust the Rams defense more than I do the Lions defense right now, so surprisingly we're all sweeping a six seed to go to the second round, but wow. I think with the injuries in Detroit, when Dan Campbell surprisingly played his starters, which you know he's going to have to answer some questions for and lost Sam Laporta more than likely for it, the Rams are just they're clicking on all cylinders right now offensively, and they're going to move on. I'd have to have them going there. And the final matchup, we have to just have to talk about this one. The Philadelphia Eagles travel to Tampa Bay. The, what are they, one in five the last six games? Philadelphia Eagles yeah. take on the nine and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers who get their division because it's the NFC South. And I was kind of sort of rooting for chaos of <laughs> Arthur Smith to win the division just for fun. But do they get on track? Do the Eagles finally figure things out because it's the playoffs and anybody can turn things around? Oh my gosh. I think that I like to think maybe I'm naive, but if they could have turned things around, I would have hoped they had turned things around by this point. You lost to Jonathan Gannon in the revenge game on New Year's Eve. You couldn't do your job against Tyrod Taylor. It's just, I want to pick the Eagles for many reasons, but I've just watched the Eagles these last few weeks. So I know not to pick the Eagles. So here I am in my Jalen Hurts jersey. Merry Christmas to me, but we are not picking the Eagles. Baker's going to move on. Eagles are going to fire everybody. And that's going to be a beautiful thing. Even Sirianni? I think, I th- think Sirianni. But I will say if we don't, I don't hate it. Like you have to get the the OC and the DC, both the coordinators got to go. Maybe you keep Sirianni if the team likes him, but you got to think so many guys are retiring at the end of this year. And Sirianni, I kind of looked into it. It seems like he is done three of his five years on his deal. So part of me is thinking it's like, maybe you give him one more year. And then it's like, listen, then you're paying two coaches for like, you know, then you fire him next year. You're paying two coaches for just a single year. That's not too bad, but I don't know. I don't, it's, I'm going to have, that's one I'm going to have to watch to see, but Sirianni's really run out of magic. He's not that good. We talked about it early in the season. I think he's a Cliff Kingsbury. Oh no. No, don't oh, say that. I think don't he, say that. That's much worse. Zach than Taylor. Taylor. I think they're all in the same. same Zach Taylor. Uh, I think I think he's overrated as well. 
I think he's oh lifted up by his team, much as I felt like Sirianni was. But I'll get out of here with my hate, my non-playoff hate, as, as my team sits at home. With potential coach of the year, though. Oh, but, my yeah. gosh. Where did he come from, by the way? <laughs> from yeah. the Eagles coach that came from the Colts coach. So, you know, it was just oh a, it's a path back. Just, let's swap them back. Let's swap them back. You, know, you can you take our OC next year. Oh. <laughs> you guys can have Mike Tomlin and just be steady, uh, you know, consistent, be about 500 and stay right in the middle, <laughs> middle of the pack every year. That's a great deal. 17 straight seasons. Hey, the Panthers would take record. that right about now. Oh, they'll take. Oh my gosh, they'll take anything. Better than <laughs> they'll take three right wins. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, definitely going to take Tampa as well. I think Mike Evans is going to continue this career Hall of Fame season that he has had, and I think that they're just going to torch the secondary in Philly. Oh. I'm going to Eagles. I don't like it when Mario is saying pick the Bucks. My roommate is telling me as a diehard Eagles fan, take the Bucks. I'm going against Graham. I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles. They got to figure things out, right? And this is week they can do it, but I think this week they they figure it out for at least one week. The Bucks. It's Baker Mayfield. Do I really trust him in a playoff game fully? No. I think he's won fine, one before. He's he won has his first one ever. He, he beat my team, so I know that very well. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> I just think the Eagles they turn things around in the postseason enough they'll at least get it done for a week. So I'll take the Eagles, even though my brain is telling me don't do it. But just a heart saying it's the Eagles. They're gonna figure things out at least for a week. So I'll take Philadelphia. Since we all have different matchups, we're not gonna go. We'll go more in depth. But for the second rounds, uh, we'll start with you, Mario. Who gets to the AFC Championship game? Yeah, so quick recap. So my uh, my second round of the AFC divisional round, I would have Cleveland traveling to Buffalo. I see Buffalo coming out on top. It seems like that they're just getting – it's all about getting hot at the right time. That's clearly what they're doing. On the other side, we have Miami traveling to Baltimore. Baltimore looks unbeatable. Lamar Jackson on his revenge tour after nobody wanted him when he was franchise tagged. MVP season. So you're going to have two B teams in the AFC conference of Buffalo traveling to Baltimore. Brian, that's, that's uh that's mine as well. I've got Buffalo and Baltimore in my AFC matchup as well. Baltimore has been, could you imagine if they had JK Dobbins and Mark Andrews right now, they would yeah, be a juggernaut coming into this AFC title. But uh, I, I think that they are the, the two best teams in the AFC by far. Every other team has huge question marks, whether it be on the defensive end for Miami with the pieces they've missed, um, the wide receiver core in Kansas City, and Cleveland. Yeah, they've lost their quarterback. They found maybe a better one, but they they still don't have you know Nick Chubb's gone. Marty Cooper seems to be the only one willing to catch it as far as wide receivers go. So, yeah, Buffalo-Baltimore. Yes, we but it's Buffalo, Baltimore. Kansas City's got too wow. many weaknesses receiving wise. Wherever dropping passes, they're going to run into a tough Buffalo matchup. I'm excited to see Joe Flacco have to play Baltimore in the playoffs. That's not exactly something I ever thought I'd be Ooh. saying, but here we are in 2023 or 2024, excuse me, and that's happening. But like you said, Buffalo and Baltimore are the clear two best teams in the AFC, and it's not really a, it's not really close for me. So uh, we'll sweep the AFC championship. So we stayed pretty boring here with the San Francisco, Dallas, and the NFC. So we took the number one and two for uh, AFC and NFC both, it looks like, huh? The committee got this one right, I'll say. Committee, <laughs> yeah, committee got this one right. Can't The same same thing. San Francisco and Dallas are clearly better than LA and uh, 
well, LA and Philly for me or LA and Tampa for you guys, but it's just hard 100%. to pick them against them. Yeah. I will say that if the Eagles somehow pull off the upset, which should be an upset uh, against Tampa and travel to Dallas, then I'm back. Then it's the, then the Phillies <laughs> traveling to San Fran and we're all, we're all in baby. But for now, like one week at a time. All right. So what do you guys, I will start with you, Brian, your Super Bowl matchup. We all have the same NFC Championship and AFC Championship game, but we all have a different Super Bowl. So start with you. What's your uh, what's your call? I think Baltimore is going to edge it out against Buffalo. I think that home field advantage. I think uh, Harbaugh just so much is going right, and I love this defense. Absolutely love this defense. Uh, they were actually my Super Bowl call last year for the AFC was the Baltimore just because I've what they've done through the draft and building this defense is just incredible. Uh, so I've actually got Baltimore beating out Dallas in the Super Bowl. I think Dallas Ooh. is going to slip past the 49ers. I think something's going to happen, whether it's that elbow goes out again for Brock or what. But I think Dallas is going to – they're going to do the greatest thing in the world, and they're going to give hope. They're going to pass out oh hope like God. Oprah does <laughs> back in the early 2000s and hand it to all of these fans – but Baltimore is going to take it home, and they are going to crush these Cowboys. So they are saying their eternal motto till next year. Yeah. I'm going to personally go. I think Buffalo does it. I think Buffalo is going to knock off Baltimore. Wow. There's something about Lamar Jackson in the playoffs that this seems like his year. He's going to win MVP, but when was the last time an MVP has actually gone on to go to the Super Bowl? There's something about mm-hmm. this Buffalo team that I'm just – buying into right now of how hot they're playing now of course we want to see that gabe davis came out of that week 18 healthy because surprisingly gabe davis actually makes a difference when it comes to the playoffs not when it's fantasy football season um <laughs> but i'm gonna just i'm gonna trust them a little bit more and i think this is the year of josh allen i he's got most touchdowns in the league i'm gonna trust josh allen just a little bit more when it comes time for the playoffs than lamar jackson but that game's gonna be extreme ratings it's going to be the highlight of the playoffs it's going to be an awesome slugfest but i'm going to go with baltimore and san francisco is just a clear best overall team they're great defense great offense i think they knock off dallas and another close one and then they will beat buffalo in the super bowl so i have san francisco over buffalo rounded out so buffalo versus baltimore my afc matchup i'm thinking about how josh allen what did he have three turnovers last in the week 18 showdown against miami um, they still came out with the win because, you know, he still throws for all those yards and does so much. But I just don't think that play is against Baltimore. I think they just do too good of a job capitalizing on those mistakes. Don't let Balt- Buffalo back into that game. So one seed from the AFC going over to the NFC side. Can't touch on it. San Fran is a wagon. Maybe it just burned in because that was the game I saw. I saw the Eagles host San Fran and it's really burned into my head just how easily they can score touchdowns. So I have them winning it all it is a rematch of the christmas night game baltimore san fran i think san fran saved a couple tricks in their pocket i don't think dalvin cook is enough of a difference maker i think san fran comes out on top i can't wait to see it i mean it's one most uh you know, every year you get excited for the playoffs but i think this year you've got a there's the clear top teams but like we said it's the playoffs anything could happen we had the jaguars make that magical run a couple of years ago we had the the Browns make a magical run a couple, a few years around that same time. So there's always that exciting team that comes out of nowhere that pulls off the first round upset. We think it's going to be the Rams, but you never know. Could be my Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Oh, so, it'll be. I don't think so. That we know. Well, that we know. Hey, <laughs> hey, give me some hope here, Mario. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But just like we all predicted, Mason Rudolph will start a playoff game before Kenny Pickett does. Oh, my gosh. Why not? Now, before we go into our Pro Bowl breakdown, no, we're not wasting any time talking about the, the Pro Bowl. <laughs> it is time for, like we mentioned, the QB List Fantasy Football Awards. We're going to break down all the highlights of the 2023 season, all the lowlights of the 23 season, and just vent with you because this was a heartbreaking season for a lot of us. It was an exciting season for a lot of us, and we want us to talk about some of those standouts. So, Brian, I know you got some plans, so take it away. All righty. We're going to start off with, well, the fantasy MVP. Get ready, fantasy aficionados. We're about to unveil the great poobah of fantasy football. The one that turns Sunday scaries into Sunday victories. <laughs> fantasy MVP, the maestro of touchdowns, the sultan of points. We all know who this is. This one is so easy. He has been consistent for many years throughout his career. This is the 49ers running back the Christian McCaffrey award. He is the winner of our fantasy MVP. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, if it's the, uh... Oh, I think he had what? A hundred more points than the second running than running back to in PPR. Just a ta- an absolute difference maker. He was in, I think it was like 40% of all fantasy championships. If you had him on 60%. your roster. There we go. 60% wow. of all fantasy uh, championships. Jeez. Like it's, it's incredible. I don't think it's ever been that high. I feel like every year there's always like, you know, 40%, 50% of fantasy championships. You have CMC, you made a championship, and shockingly, I won a championship without him. But, uh, yeah, he's the clear one. Other, others receiving votes or other nominees, Tyreek Hill, Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua. Maybe he'll win something else, but great seasons. But, yeah, CMC, you got the number one pick this year. He did pretty dang well for yourself. So let's go from the fantasy MVP to the fantasy flop. Ah, yes, the fantasy flop. The player who had all of us saying, wait, what was I thinking? So half of my fantasy rosters? Cool. Uh, this this award is not for the faint of heart or the light of the wallet. So let's not beat around the bush any longer. Without further ado, presenting the player who made us question our life choices and draft strategies, the winner of the fantasy flop award. Our nominees are Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey, Stefan Diggs, and Tony Pollard. And the winner of the 2023 QB list fantasy flop is Austin Eckler. Yeah, I feel like yeah. this was no surprise. No, I think that's the best one. He missed all those games at the beginning of the season due to injury. He. Do you know why he was the biggest flop for me? Is because not because he missed those games, but because he started the season with a 20-plus point explosion. That gave you hope. I'll say, like, after that game, I personally, like, moved some pieces. I traded Mixon and Pacheco for him during that stretch, that injury stretch for Eckler, just thinking that, you know, I'm giving a small price now to get those 20 points later. And that was just it. I think that's why the flop over these other guys, where he gave you hope, then the injury, so you held on to that fake hope for four weeks just for it to be nothing. And then he came back healthy, and it's like it's Austin Eckler. You can't sit Austin Eckler. Not and then you realize you should have sat at Austin Eckler. And also, he gave us hope for Josh Kelly. Let's not forget that. He had, he got hurt, so I was like, oh, Josh Kelly. And oh. then he, uh, he disappointed us three, four weeks where we all thought he'd be relevant and kept telling people to start him because he's the number one running back for San Diego or Los Angeles. That's going to be great, right? 
Yeah, Thank finish you, out the season. He was RB 26, 27, 36, 8, 39, 24, 43, 29. Like, uh, what do you yeah. do with that? He's back. He's there. You want to start him. You have to start him probably because of, you know, rosters and injuries. But he's just decimated after so many great years for us. Yeah, free agent after the season, he's going to be a very interesting case. I don't think he's any certainty to go anywhere where he's going to be a starter. So uh, he's, he's going to be a starter right here. QB list, come on, buddy. We need a fourth. Well, Austin, you know, <laughs> I know you like talking fantasy football. We'll welcome you with open arms, even though you just, we called you a fantasy flop. But I think you'll even admit you probably were. Water under the bridge. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So we can talk about our next one. Um, as myself presenting this award, and this award is for the Bargain Bin Bandit. So... Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to be amazed because we're about to reveal the fantasy football equivalent of finding a Picasso at a garage sale. The bargain bin bandit. This player didn't just exceed expectations. They moonwalked all over them, leaving us all in awe. Forget about the auction block drama and those high stakes drafts. This player made us feel like bargain hunters extraordinaire. So presenting... The winner of the Bargain Bin Bandit Award. The nominee is Pukunakua, wide receiver for the Rams. Kyron Williams, running back for the Rams. Sam Laporta, tight end for the Lions. And Devon Achan, running back for the Miami Dolphins. And the award goes to Kyron Williams. Oh my goodness. We talked about CMC being in so many finals championships. I feel like if it wasn't CMC, it was Team Kyron Williams. He absolutely exploded in the playoffs. Uh, he was drafted as running back 71. That's That's got to be undrafted in most leagues, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. At least in Puka, when you got to the end of draft season, it was there were some whispers in the bushes of, hey, maybe Puka takes the cup roll. And everyone's like, oh, no, it's going to be Tutu Atwell or Van Jefferson. And I drafted Van Jefferson. What the heck do I know? But, uh, yeah, Puka Nakua uh, is great. But Kyron Williams just came out of nowhere, especially when it was, uh, hey, it's going to be Zach Evans. And, uh, well, the, Cam Akers? Cam Akers? Yeah. Yep, it was. Lest we forget. Yeah, Kyron Williams is the RB5 on the year after missing six games. I mean, come on. And you didn't pay anything for him. If CMC wasn't like this is fantasy MVP nearly right here, you know, uh, this is the kind of stuff that wins you championships. Uh, yeah. CMC just said, "Hold my beer, watch this." He's another yeah. one, and I'm very curious what the Rams are going to do. Do they bring in somebody else to compete with him, or do they say it's a fifth round draft pick, so we need somebody, or it's he was just a running back five and he was incredible? Do we just run him to the ground? I'm going to be fascinating to see what the Rams do. Uh, to add to that running back room, if anything. Absolutely insane. Like we said, like he was a waiver guy. He was not, not only was he so good during the season, he, he won you the championship. And I think that's just such a, a big part as well to this, to his run. So congrats yeah. on the award. Well, speaking of more impressiveness, let's talk about these rookies. It's time to announce our rookie sensation of the year. All right, fantasy rookies and seasoned vets alike, gather around because we are about to shine a spotlight on the fresh faces that <clears throat> that we had all over the fantasy gr gridiron. It's time to unveil the rookie sensation, the player who not only survived their first NFL season, but conquered as a seasoned pro. Our nominees for the award. 
quarterback, Texan, CJ Stroud. Puka Nakua, of course, are going to be all over the place. Jameer Gibbs, running back for the Lions. And Jordan Reed, Jaden Reed, Jordan Reed, Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed. Oh my gosh, I'm struggling. <laughs> Jaden Reed of <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. And the winner of the award is the Rams kind of ruined this these these awards this year. Like there are so yeah. many between mm-hmm. Puka and Kyron. But yes, the winner is going to be Puka Nakua, Ooh. rookie sensation. Broke the record for most receiving yards for a rookie. Uh was it nineteen sixty, I believe was the last time that the record was wow. broken. This guy was insane. Averaging over 20 targets a game for the first few weeks, it was just unreal. Crazy season. And to think some experts had him uh, as the second hottest waiver pickup after week one (laughs) behind uh, legendary New England Patriots wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. So to think that some people could overlook Pukunuku's talent immediately out of the gate. Hey, Puka's just lucky that Kendrick Bourne got hurt because otherwise the whole season would have been all about Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Kendrick Bourne would have been right on this list. (laughs) This should have been the Kendrick Bourne. I don't know if he's a rookie. I don't think so, but this should have been named after him. One of these. One of these (laughs) categories. You find a way to put him in, but what a season. Sets the rookie reception leader for taking it away from Jalen Waddell. And then Sean McVay, you could see him on the sideline be like, all right, get him the heck out of here. He did it. You don't want to get him hurt, so. Excited to see what's come there. And just to like reflect on his stats, I mean, like week one, he gets 15 targets. And like I said, there are some people out there thinking that's a fluke. There's no way this is sustainable. He gets 20 targets the following week. So just absolutely insane. Like he's someone who really did deliver, I think, like consistently throughout. Even when Cooper Cup returned, you could still start Puka Nakua in confidence. So congrats to him. Yeah. Hank of a season, very. That one was probably the easiest category to vote on. Bunch of respect to all the other rookies, but uh, Puka was week in, week out starting. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, we go from rookies over to the next category, the sophomore spotlight. Ladies and gents, we've seen them go from rookies to gridiron ma- maestros, and now it's time to shine the spotlight on the sophomore sensation. This player survived the infamous sophomore slump and flipped it on its head, turning difficult second album into a fantasy football symphony. So without further ado, the winner of Sophomore Spotlight. Our nominees are Brock Purdy, quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, my Super Bowl champion 49ers. Brees Hall, <laughs> running back of the New York Jets. Rashad White, running back of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Sam Howell, quarterback of the Washington Commanders. And the winner of the 2023 Sophomore Spotlight is Rashad White. Taking it by surprise. I did not expect to see that. I, I'll say he didn't have my vote, not to be He didn't have my vote either. I will I will say that. But Rashad White, he the was a champion. champion. You were taking him in probably the seventh, eighth round of PPR. Is just maybe he picks out everyone was drafting Sean Tucker late just as a handcuff. That's just a because Rashad White didn't do too much, but he just turns into Baker's second favorite weapon. Can't get Mike Evans out. Let's just dump it off to Rashad White. Consistent PPR threat. And another team that I'm very, very curious to see what goes on there because he went from a late round, you know, if you're doing a zero RB strategy, you found a steal there from Rashad White to uh, I can get much of a steal next year. Mm-mm. Yeah, this is definitely one of those guys, those mid round guys where you're looking for that diamond in the rough, the Josh Jacobs from last year. Well, it was Rashad White this week, this year. RB30 is where he was drafted. He finishes RB6. 
70 targets. The amount of target, like 64 receptions. This is just not at all what I had projected from this team. Not at all did I see this coming from the Tampa Bay offense, but uh, we had some great, great pieces come out of this offense this year. Yeah. All signs point to Baker Mayfield being back in 2024. So hopefully they keep that going and we can see see what the Bucks can uh, do for an encore. Yeah, I'll say Rashard White. He's going to have a juicy matchup first week of the playoffs. So if anybody's doing any uh, like playoff uh, you know, fantasy, the Eagles defense, I know at one point was scary against running backs, but they have been run all over by Saquon twice, James Conner, Tony Pollard, um, who is a nominee for the the fantasy flop. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I think he's going to have a great matchup next week, Rashard White. That's enough about Rashard White. Let's talk about these draft day steals. So, draft day steals, fantasy fanatics, buckle up because we're about to. Is music? We're because we're about to unveil the grand heist of the draft room, the one who slipped through the cracks like a phantom in the night. Ocean's Eleven, if you would, get ready for the draft day steal, the player who had everyone else asking, "How did he, they get him there?" And can I hire their draft consultant? I like that. Here are the nominees. Mike Evans, wide receiver for Tampa Bay. Raheem Mostert, running back for Miami. Jordan Love, quarterback, Green Bay Packers. And finally, Jonathan Taylor, running back for the Annapolis Colts. And the winner of the draft day steals goes to Raheem Mostert. Wow. Old man Mostert drafted his RB40 around 114 overall. He led the league, tied, but he led the league with 21 total touchdowns with none other than the fantasy MVP, Christian McCaffrey. And that, I mean, that's why we play the game. Like PPR, half PPR, no PPR. We can all get together and appreciate touchdowns. And that's what Raheem Mostert produced for you. He I didn't see it coming going into this. Yeah. Yeah. Everything with Miami this draft season was, is it really going to be Mostert? Is it going to be Jeff Wilson? Uh, who else was it? I mean, HM broke out. It was just, don't want to I, I feel like Raheem Wilson Mostert. was the guy. Yeah. yeah. Nobody yeah. trusted age 31 Raheem Mostert. Yeah, you think about like teams like picking them up in Dynasty. You're paying third-ish round pick for them, you know, like just beans throwing out for nothing, and then you're getting this guy who's could be carrying you to a championship this year. Oh man, it's fun to see. Yeah, unbelievable. The 45 point outing in Week Three against Denver. I mean, really put him on the map. Came up after that with five points, but you know he used all his points the week before. So you can't blame him. He's out of gas. Who, who, you know, yeah. Nobody blamed him on that one. And you had the same thing you did with Puka. When Cooper Cup came back, Puka was still relevant. When Devan, Devon Achan had his breakout while he was healthy, he was, okay, is he going to overtake him? Nope. Mostert's still going to be extremely consistent and just find his way to the end zone, run for 60 yards, 70 yards, and just keep doing his thing. He, he was a, a stud. And if you got him that late, like Brian said, you're probably – hoisting a fantasy championship right now because he found an RB1 in the eighth round of your drafts. In the bargain bin. 
Yep. Well, we've talked about some great guys. Let's talk about some bad stuff because bad things happen. And oh. we had a lot of bad things happen this year. This was a horrible injury year. Uh, Christian McCaffrey not only was a great pick because he played well, but because of all first other, all other first-round picks seemed to fall or get hurt. So here we are talking about the most disappointing injury of the year. Fantasy enthusiasts, let's take a moment to recognize the heartbreak that comes with this cruel twist of the injury gods. Introducing the award for the most disappointing injury, a recognition nobody wants to receive, but someone has to. Our nominees, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver. Joseph Burrow, quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback. And the tank, Dell, rookie for the Texans. And this one, <clears throat> I think all four of these, there's several players that could win this award. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, first drive of the season for him. Yeah. <laughs> four snaps, like five snaps if you count the Achilles. Like, it Aww. was so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, just doing? the heartbreak for those Jets fans. I, I feel for you. But our winner of the award is Justin Jefferson. And I think Tank Dell, I, I had my vote for him. I think there was so much heartbreak for the rookie that was just doing so well. But Justin Jefferson was a almost consensus first overall pick. Like, how could you not be just set up for yeah. failure with this injury? One of the things that I think just not only most disappointing injury, but I'll say like something that was most disappointing is let's say, you know, you still play hard despite the injury. You make it to week 17, the championship of most leagues, I would say. And he just puts up a very pedestrian 10.9 points in PPR, only to then have 36 points in week 16. It's over. You know, the confetti's already fallen for your opponent. And then in the following week, he just would have won it for you. So not injury-related, but the most disappointing, too. Just so brutal. Yeah, anytime the number one pick in your league goes down, you gotta scramble. And we are all everyone's tuck him, you think you're safe, and then up yep, you get some you at least he came back towards the playoff push. That was the nice part of it for it, but you had to scramble for a good six, seven power I can't remember exactly how many weeks it was, but I mean, once you lost him, it was it was game over for game over for a lot of teams and uh it, Extremely, extremely disappointing. I mean, all of them, like you said, would be a tough, uh, a tough pick. But I, I put my vote in for Jefferson. That's a, that's a tough one to overcome. Seven weeks to injury, he lost, and seven then he had the the bye week right after that. So seven weeks—that's half your season without your first guy. Yeah, hard to hard to overcome that. That's for sure. But let's get back to the positivity. Talk about the frustrating injuries and. You know, some of these nominees might be there, but we're talking about the tar touchdown tactician. Ladies and gentlemen, grab your popcorn because we're about to celebrate the end zone enthusiasts. Touchdown Titan who made reaching pay dirt look like a Sunday stroll. Introducing the touchdown tactician, the player who turned every trip to the end zone into a personal highlight reel. Our nominees are Raheem Mostert, Gus Bus, Gus Edwards, Dave Montgomery, and Mike Evans. And the winner is Mike Evans. He didn't Ooh. want to repeat. 
didn't want to repeat Raheem Mostert, I guess, after his 21 <laughs> touchdowns. But we talked about it during our preview of the playoffs. Mike Evans was the career a career resurgence for Mike Evans. We were taught wondering who was going to be the breakout receiver of Baker Mayfield. And it was clearly Mike Evans finishes with, I believe, 13 touchdown receptions. Just an incredible year taking what was going to be a borderline Hall of Fame career. Very close one. Just a good reminder. He's he's still good. He's still really, really good. And he was a go-to guy from Baker Mayfield, and it wasn't even close. So I can't wait to see what he does. I hear he also has a, a cakewalk of a matchup on a Monday night against the Eagles. So if you're in a, <laughs> if you're in a fantasy DFS or fantasy playoff matchup, maybe you want to use Mike Evans in that. But great season for him. I mean, the only receiver I was nominated for the award, and he takes it just because, uh, well, Raheem Mostert can't win everything. <laughs> Cortland Sutton I had up there as an honorable yeah. mention as far as touchdowns go. Like, the, the guy came away with 10 touchdowns is just, it's incredible for how bad that team was just week in and week out was just almost a guarantee with the touchdowns. It was so much fun. 10 touchdowns on 12 catches. It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Evans. I am looking at it now, but he actually tied with Tyree kill. He led all wide receivers in touchdowns, which I would not have guessed just based Mm -hmm. on now the season. Like if you would have pulled me right now, it's like, Hey, who led it? I'd be like, Amon Ra, C.D. Lamb with his resurgence at the end of the year. D.J. Moore was the only one getting touchdowns in Chicago. Mike Evans, 13. Good for you, Mike Evans. Yeah, Great to see. He's got his contract. His contract's up that first year, so let's see what the Bucks do with uh, with him. I, I hope for fantasy's sake they keep him around because oh, he'll, go, he'll be go wherever he goes, but we saw that rapport with Baker Mayfield, and I'd like to keep that that way, please. For sure. Next up, we got the defensive special teams dominator. Uh, All right, fantasy defenders and armchair coordinators, it's time to salute the Steel Curtain, the Gridiron Guardians, who turned every matchup into a defensive masterclass. We're about to unveil the defensive special teams dominator, the squad that transformed fantasy defenses from an afterthought to a strategic cornerstone. And here are the nominees. We have the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Las Vegas Raiders. And the award goes to the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, the team that finished with the second most points um, for the defensive position. They finished strong, though, and I think that was one of the big reasons why they won this. Um for instance, week 16, traveling to San Fran, Christmas Day. I know I certainly didn't have the stones to start them, and they finished with 15 points, one of their better games of the season, against a Super Bowl champion, according to both, according to two of us on this pod. So, Baltimore, congratulations to them. They're in this award. Yeah, this one was kind of all over the place. I feel like Dallas carried several teams to that cusp of the playoffs just their their first dominant like what 10 weeks I think it was they were insane Mm -hmm. the amount of points they were putting up and then I felt like the inverse on the back half of the season was the Raiders I feel like they really could have been a uh, push for this award being I believe the number one team over the last nine weeks uh putting up uh, they had a negative week in there but you know 19 points one week 11 24 21 10 like the Raiders look good 
yeah, the Raiders really turned things around. Antonio Pierce really coached his way to what should be their head coaching job. So excited to see what they do. Dallas, like you said, they carried teams to wins. You saw that week one against the Giants when they had all those defense and special teams touchdowns. My same, my roommate had was facing them, came back from someone's house, looked at the score and said, oh, great. I should still be looking at the scores. Like, oh, my gosh, facing Dallas defense. I didn't see him the rest of the night. He just walked right upstairs and said, I'm done with fantasy <laughs> football. Um, but, yeah. But Ravens, like I said, were just consistent. You start them no matter what matchup, even when you – didn't have the stones, and I wouldn't have had the stones starting against the 49ers, but just extremely consistent and very uh, real reason why they're the AFC favorites for two of the people on the show. Yeah, and just Dallas, like we kind of harped on it, but just the hard numbers week 15, then these are like you know, your playoff times are important times. Week 15, one point, week 16, one point, week 17, six points. So you just, it's it, yeah, it's all about not only how you start, but how you finish. Dallas did not finish strong, so congratulations to Baltimore. Now it's time to get to our fantasy frustrating flashes here because as, most, as frustrating as that was to say, these guys were even more frustrating. <laughs> so let's get to it. Fantasy aficionados, brace yourself for the category that walks the fine line between hope and heartache. The frustrating flashes. These are the players who tease us with glimpses of greatness only to leave us scratching our heads in frustration. We put up a handful of players on this list, but none so were more frustrating than Gabe Davis and Calvin Ridley. <clears throat> As an owner of both of these guys for yep. many weeks, many <laughs> drafts, I this is all I could look at when I, I went to vote on these. But yes, Calvin Ridley, Gabe Davis, uh, Tua was even a consideration for this award for a bit, and Josh Dobbs. Uh, as well, you know, he started off pretty hot for a while, got us all excited, and then came crashing down. But the winner of the Frustrating Flashes Award is Gabe Davis. Yes, the guy that started off with four touchdowns in the first five weeks. He seemed hot. We were excited to play him, and he followed up that with two one-point games, and then followed that up with a goose a week later after that. And another one two weeks after. Like, Gabe Davis, what are we doing here? The number one, number two uh, receiver on a, a crazy good offense. And we can't get production out of him except on the games that we're not playing him. Gabe Davis, thank you. Yeah, thank you for nothing. As a Yeah, no thank of- you. Yeah, as a as a roster of Gabe Davis myself, you have the big games. It's like, oh, he's back. Oh, no, he's not back. Oh, he's he's not back. So I won't start. Oh, he's back. It's the most frustrating thing. But let's not forget Calvin Ridley too. I, I voted for Gabe Davis just for the goose eggs. But you know, he comes off in week one, hundred yards, touchdown, twenty four points. Hey, he's gonna be up. Oh, then he goes for five, seven, eleven. Then before the bye week, one, four after the bye. And then he reminded us all in week 18 when no one cared what he can do with 160 yards and a touchdown. Uh, close to frustrating. Close to frustrating. But yeah, Gabe Davis is the clear uh, winner. But like we said, he probably will make a difference in the playoffs and remind us, hey, this is what Gabe Davis can do and make us scratch our heads because he may not be playing in Buffalo next year. <laughs> I hope not. Jeez. Yeah. You just, Carolina. You just could not trust him. Um and that's just one of the big, I used to call the guys like this, like Tyler Lockett was always like 
big for a game like this, where you'd get 20 points one week and two the next week, and yep. Gabe Davis has taken that crown. He is the new Tyler Lockett. <clears throat> so frustrating. So frustrating. All right, let's go over to the quarterback position with our dime-dropping dynamo. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to witness the quarterback maestro who made precision passing an art form. The one who didn't just throw touchdowns, but dropped dimes like a Vegas high roller, which I am far Ooh. from. Introducing the <laughs> dime-dropping dynamo, the field general who made fantasy football look like a symphony of perfect spirals and pinpoint accuracy. Our nominees, which a lot took into draft, draft spot as well, Dak Prescott, Jordan Love, CJ Stroud, and Baker Mayfield. And the winner of the 2023 dime-dropping dynamo, is Dak Prescott. Ooh, yeah, you take ADP into account. He carried you after the bye week towards your fantasy playoffs and was the most insistent receiver down the stretch, especially once he found his rapport again with uh, CD Lamb. Back to back to back to back. Top five finishes. He was just incredible. After the bye week, he had stretches of points, uh, four touchdowns, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, two touchdowns, four touchdowns, three touchdowns, and of course, four touchdowns in week 18 later on in the season. But just extremely consistent. You couldn't get Tony Pollard going. So, what do you do? Just put the ball in Dak Prescott's hand, and he reminds you why he still should be considered as one of the better quarterbacks in the league. It was it was fun to see for the first time in a, in a while from Dak. Last year was a struggle with the too many interceptions, but he turned things around in a yeah it was yeah in six of seven games he finished as a top four quarterback and it's just unreal production last two weeks of the playoffs he finishes qb9 qb7 that's what you want for your fantasy championship Mm -hmm. this guy was unreal as someone who was you know borderline undrafted in single (laughs) qb leaves and to just like Gonna, this is going to be tough for me because it's not only because it's the quarterback of the Cowboys, but because I had him week one. I drafted him late uh, thinking I had a steal. He has that bad week one game where he only puts up about six points. I drop him immediately after that. He fires off for several du- double-digit games, and you already talked about his post-buy performance. But two things I really want to just congratulate Dakota on is that last year he had 15 interceptions, the most of his career, he got clowned very early on in the season, September, October, saying that he's not going to throw 10 interceptions this year, something he's done all but two years that he's been the full-time starter. And he finishes with nine interceptions, so kudos to him sticking <laughs> by his word. And and lastly is that the two quarterbacks who did finish ahead of him, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, something they have in common is they both tied. they both are now tied for the record of rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in a single season. They both had 15 rushing touchdowns. Dak had two, and he's the one right behind him. So <clears throat> to me, that just really shows what Dak is doing. And I hate to say it, but he is this year's dime dropping dynamo. After I dropped him. So I am the <laughs> drop, I am the dropper of the dime dropping dynamo, if you will. Try saying that five times fast. We would probably not have I a podcast anymore. Once. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, and this is it. Are we on to the the final award? Our the night award. award. Oh my goodness. Just thanks everybody for tuning into this award show. Thanks everybody for voting. Um getting me emotional here. But here we have last but not least the comeback player award. <clears throat> 
Fantasy Warriors get ready to salute the comeback king. The player who started the season like a gentle breeze, but finished it like a hurricane of fantasy points. Introducing the comeback player, the Gridiron Gladiator, who turned adversity into a comeback story of the ages. And here are the nominees. Dakota Prescott, quarterback for the Cowboys. Alvin Kamara, running back for the Saints. Brees Hall, uh, running back for the Jets. And Joe Flacco, quarterback for the Browns. And the winner is Joe Flacco, quarterback Joseph for the Browns. Flacco. Came back from the grave, basically. <clears throat> Came back from the couch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's just very funny. Just I, Brees Hall came back from being a Jet, I think. Like, you know, Alvin Kamara was suspended. Dak had his slow start. Brees Hall was just a Jet, so he's, come, so he's nominated for a comeback player. But Joe Flacco, he came back from the couch. He came back, like I said, from the basically the, the, the grave of fantasy. Like, when I'm doing my drafts in August and all my spreadsheets and all my data, Joe Flacco is nowhere to be found. If you're doing control F, Flacco not found. So <laughs> there's no more comeback than that. Like you came from not on the data to the data to leading the Browns into a playoff game. Imagine wow. what the Jets would be this year if they signed Joe Flacco after that after uh, Rodgers got hurt. You know, oh. week two, week three, even week four. Even week four, five, even week four. Yeah, go from there. Do a week six. Yeah. Oh my god. You said you signed Trevor Simeon and stick with uh, Zach Wilson. Imagine if you. I, obviously, we, no one knew Joe Flacco would be this. No one expected Joe Flacco to come no out one. and help win people fantasy football championships. When the Browns signed Joe Flacco, he was a practice squad quarterback that was just going to be a veteran leader. And then there's wait, Dorian Thompson Robinson's not that great and pj walker's not that great and deshaun watson's hurt and also maybe not that great not so great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go for the vet and look at that we're all calling him to play two playoff games this year i don't even know if he would have said he would do that when he signed that contract oh my God. shout out to Hall. yeah he's probably yeah if, shout if out to Hall looking... coming back from being a jet come back from being a jet and also come back from the torn acl last year i that's what he did. I, would, I voted for Flacco, too, but Brees Hall, it's a peck of a story, and he probably will be a first-round pick this year. So if we're going season-long, Hall has a good consideration, but in the spirit of this award, this show, you can't wrap it up with anyone better than Joe Flacco. It's got to be Flacco. Yeah. It does have to be Flacco. Uh, just like Here's a fun little nugget. And also, that Brees Hall, he tore something last year, not just being a Jet, so that's on me. Uh, but so Joe Flacco... He started his first game week 13. And from week 13 to week 17, when most fantasy championships wrap up, he was fantasy quarterback two, only behind Lamar Jackson and ahead of Jake Browning, which is maybe a, more of what this data is showing. But still, Joe Flacco, from the time he arrived to the, the conclusion of the fantasy playoffs, he was quarterback number two. I, don't, I have no words to describe that. That's just insane. Yeah. So take it from us. Don't draft Patrick Mahomes next year or any of the early quarterbacks. Just wait till Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan sign off the bench, and they'll lead you oh to the fantasy championship. <laughs> Matt Ryan. Just un <laughs> unbelievable what Flacco was able to do. Like we all predicted at the beginning of the year, uh -huh. Joe Flacco would lead teams to fantasy championships, and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey managers would be uh, not 
playing in the fantasy championship, but Joe so Flacco, is week from, 20. from week 13 to week 17, he had 13 passing touchdowns, led the league in, in such. Like I, I I'm just finding more and more Flacco stats that I'm just he led the league in passing yards in that stretch. 1600 yards. He had more than the next best, which was Matthew, which was Jake Browning, then Matthew Stafford. Jake Browning is also, I guess, the good. He was nominee. never below the QB thirteen in those five weeks. Never below QB thirteen. He's the QB thirty three on the season, and Kenny Pickett is the QB thirty one on the season. Kenny Pickett oh. has played twice as many games as Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> that, that you have to end That's with a mean. shot at a shot at me. Come, come on. You set me up with the playoff thing, man. Come on. Yeah, you, you know spend what? time I, I talking about your playoff I, teams. I deserve it. Let's face it. We're, our playoff teams aren't going far. We're not making it far. I'm going to enjoy the one week I can of watching playoff football, and then I'll actually watch playoff football and be like, why did I want to do this again? But, uh, yeah, fun. Like I said, extremely fun season. Well, 2023. I can't wait to watch the playoff football. Thank you. Mario said, everyone who voted, everyone who made us part of your weekly routine, we really, really appreciate it. I, from the bottom, it means a lot to us to you. Hopefully, we're able to help you win some fantasy championships. Stay tuned during the offseason to both the podcast and cubulus.com. We're going to have free agent contact, content, draft content, playoff content, all of the information you need to start your offseason prep because. That's what the playoffs in the offseason is for, is to get you ready for 2024 drafts. And we're going to come back better than ever and go get us some 2024 championships. But, gentlemen, final thoughts as we wrap up uh, what was a very, very strong 2023 season. Oh, my goodness. I would just like to say thank you to everybody that's listened. Thank you for inviting us into your car, into your home, wherever you listen, into your lives. It's, it's why we do it. We do it for the people. We hope you can, we can even help you win just a single week bring a smile to your face and this was so fun i mean we were so fun doing the award show getting the people involved with the voting so thank you for that we'll you know definitely consider more things like this in the future and we hope it was fun we hope it was as fun for you guys as it was for us so thank you again yeah just piling on the thanks uh, i had a blast this season guys i'm so glad to be a part of this this team this pod uh 2023 was a blast but folks uh if you enjoyed it don't go anywhere uh, happy to announce that QB list will be dropping weekly episodes of the podcast all off season. I will be, uh, hopefully a part of most of the episodes going to be trying to get Callan, Mario, Drew, Eric, the rest of the crew in here as much as we can, but, uh, stay tuned after the Super Bowl, we will be dropping weekly content for you, uh, getting you ready for a free agency for the draft. And well, we're all just as obsessed as you are. So we're not going to go anywhere. Nope. It's going to be a, a fun off season. Hopefully our teams are able to make some moves. Brian gets that extra playmaker we want. Me, maybe we figure out quarterback for once in the past couple of years. And Mario, maybe <laughs> the Eagles, um, maybe they get some fire new coordinators. Everybody. Yeah, fire yeah. everybody and get some new coordinators. But he said, stay tuned. It's going to be a, a great off season. But thanks again for tuning into the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Callan. Join up Brian and Mario. Enjoy the, the NFL playoffs, and we'll talk to you again soon. See y'all later. Peace.